Welcome back to 21 Tango. My co-host MJ and I will discuss casino table games topics and share our personal and professional insights in the casino world. Let's dance. Well, it's like um, ghost hands and Baccarat. People are all weird sure. about that. Like, it's funny because talking about ghost hands and Baccarat, how both sides are weird about it, right? Like, you have, like, floors that are like, no, 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 we don't give ghost hands. And then you have players who are, like, insistent, like, I'm not playing until there's a ghost hand. Oh, my God. Like, to see what's going on. But it's like, that's for sure there's no theoretical loss, right? I mean, it's just a it's Baccarat. Like, unless you're counting a side bet, that's the only possible way that it would matter but that's not really a concern anywhere yeah i only know i only know of a couple ways to count bach i mean you can you can make a better argument for why the player is they're superstitious you know but what's the logical reason a floor wouldn't just let them do it besides maybe shuffling more like obviously there's a point where it's too many right but like not even giving one is more what we're talking about right like yeah i don't see a reason why not to give them a couple free hands if they want to see you know now we're not just going to sit there and rip out like 10 free hands a shoe or 15 free hands a shoe because you know now we're spending more time shuffling and we're you know increasing the cost of the game basically but yeah probably not gonna you know you know five a shoe or something sounds okay or like sure it can almost be dynamic where if if the table goes dead like you have you have a group of people playing and they get they get their five that they want to use but then if the tape if everyone on the table leaves and then a new set of random players shows up then Maybe you right, just, they're kind of you getting know, a new... Yeah, they're fresh. Uh, right. They're like, all right, if you guys want some free hands, you can have some free hands too. I mean, it doesn't have to be so well, yeah, set then, in stone. Speaking of dynamics, so if it's busy, right, like you're not going to do it because just other people will play the hand. Sure. And it'll just keep the, you know, obviously keep it going. But if it's like a Tuesday afternoon, the guy wants a free hand and he's the only guy at the table, he's probably going to get more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's just silly. It's just, it's just funny how steadfast I've seen floors refuse to do that. Like, I never request them when I play or you know or maybe i'm watching i'm in the next section over if i'm flooring or whatever it's like it's like no no free hands <laughs> just like like why <laughs> i can't yeah i can't think of any just because specific super specific reason why we wouldn't do it let them let them do their superstition let them get their free hand and maybe they can figure out the board yeah i think um baccarat is always a, a game you want to lean from the administration of it you want to lean player friendly why is because that well, it's just so much action, right? And yeah, big action. You don't want to, you know, if you lose one player, it's a lot, means a lot more than losing, you know, an upset fifteen dollar blackjack player, right? I mean, so we want to lean a little more player friendly, just because of the, the theoretical value of a player, average yeah. player. I had an incident recently where, do you know about the smart shoes at all? Uh, yes. So, I guess if you want to explain what what the smart shoe is to the the listeners so there is um i guess i don't know if it's a camera or some sort of an eye or a sensor um as the card is drawn from the shoe it um senses the value of each card so um it will display the values on the board but more importantly um it can prevent in unintentional dealer pulls so if a dealer pulls you know an extra card on accident or if the dealer doesn't pull a card when they're supposed to draw um it won't allow them to see the conclusion of the hand it'll the shoe will error out 
or it'll be a red light or a green light depending on if you know you're good and you've pulled enough you know so it kind of helps with the uh errors and drawing of the game and then the saving theoretical money because the guests aren't always going to let you know obviously if they're losing and it's an error right they're going to let you know if they're winning because of the error they're not going to tell you typically uh, yeah so the other day i got called up to a game and there was a bunch of irate guests what happened was the shoe the smart shoe was saying xyz but the actual result of the hand was different so they all had you know 500 900 1200 bets out surrounding the everything was on banker the way that the actual hand was supposed to be dealt was a player win player draw and then banker draw but what happened was the smart shoe whenever he went to pull his second player's card two cards came out at once so the sensor only read the bottom one and then he like pulls mm. the top one which was the correct card that was supposed to go to the player the third card goes to the player player banker player banker the, the hand was dealt correctly but the sensor didn't see the player's card because it was on top of the other card that came out so the shoe was saying like hey you guys all you guys all win but unfortunately they didn't win so they're calling me over everyone's yelling it's a uh, it's a, a nine verse one situation where I'm just standing there listening to everyone tell me how much they're how much they're supposed to win and I had to be like okay well the shoe is not flawless there's errors and it wasn't even the way the shoe is explaining it it wasn't even the player didn't even draw it said that the player had like a six so that it didn't need a card to draw but in reality you know it had to draw so right, i was like right. guys i'll go i'll review the footage and i'll determine if the hand was dealt correctly and if it was if it's clear to me it's 100% clear that it was dealt correctly, then the hand on the layout is going to stand. It's going to play. And we're going to pay and take as indicated by whatever the, you know this result is here. But if I can tell that there was an error and I can reconstruct the hand properly, then I will reconstruct it and pay and take as the way that it was supposed to be dealt, which may result in everyone winning. And then if it's unclear to me, then I will just give this hand to push i'll just void this hand out and we'll just you know refund all the wagers and we'll move on to the next hand so so far what do we think what what would you have done what's my ruling like what do you what's your what's your input seems you're pretty on about uh on the same wavelength as i would be um the first thing we state you know in a situation like this is you know look the the electronic board the screen is for entertainment purposes um, that does not dictate, you know, what happens in a game. Um, the game of Baccarat is still just what do the cards say. If the cards are drawn in the correct order um, and drawn to the, you know, the rules correctly, that's that's a hand that we can't, you know, go back in time and say, you know, just because the board says something else. Just like I've had similar situation in roulette. Now this, the guess will be a little bit not quite as adamant about trying to change the result here, but you know, a thirty rolls. And, you know, 11 shows for whatever reason, the right. does this, the camera, the eye sensor in the roulette wheel detects it incorrectly or whatever. And I've had people kind of just, oh, you know, I should get my money back. But they're usually not that big of a, you know, but something about when it happens in Baccarat like this, people get a little bit more uh, upset oh, yeah. and adamant uh, about, uh, you know. Well, the money is usually more, right? 
right, the money's more, and maybe just something, something about the psychological effect of just seeing, like, the machines telling you you won, you know? Yeah. And you didn't. Like, it's just something kind of more jarring about that, psychologically. Can't put my finger on precisely why that is, but... Um, That's such a good yeah, point, to- psychologically, because they... They unequivocally know, well, they pretty much know that they lost, right? But they just see this machine saying that it's just saying that the, that they won. They know that they didn't, but then they just like go into this primal savage mode where they just latch onto this, any grasp of equity that they have. And they're like, this thing says that I win. So now I'm just going to argue to my, you know, to the death about like I should just get to win or it's just this money is now mine because some there's some you know mechanical error some some electronical error saying that they just you know have a chance when they know you know they know that the hand was dealt correctly if they would have if they would have flipped the hands over the way it was dealt and they would have won there would have been no issue right so it's such a weird let me let me defend uh, let me defend the guest a little bit here in this spot. So we know we know it was dealt correctly, right? Like as as team members, we know the games are run legit, right? We know that they're we have a high level of integrity. We know that we're bound to the integrity, or that's our jobs, right? We know the game has integrity. Now, while often unfounded, guests don't really know the same way we do. They're not certain it's you know it's it's ran with a high level of integrity, right? They Hear That's people true. complaining. They hear people. They you know they all that stuff, and then they get these fallacies. Sure, they may be logic. You know, they fallacies most of the time. But how can a guest be certain, right? So now when there's a sensor, you know, there's a card sensor involved, and maybe they don't fully understand the rules. Maybe in their mind, they really do have a case. You know, um, they don't fully understand that. You know, the that if the cards were drawn in the correct order and drawn to the you know predetermined set of rules that it's it's a bet and it, we can't do anything about it right like it doesn't matter if the screen says you won a million dollars suddenly right right and it's you know you you lost nine over one or whatever like it just doesn't matter um so you know and from their mind um you know part of our job is obviously running the game with integrity but also presenting the game in a way that to show like we're running in integrity like the illusion or the not, not illusion is the wrong word but the illusion of integrity or the present you know the making sure everything is appears to be integrity. So now that it doesn't appear that the integrity may have been violated, you know, with that board, um, the appearances aren't on the up and up. So, you know, right. if I can defend a guess, that's probably what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I, I'm probably being too harsh. I'm just thinking, I was just thinking from my perspective in which I know that, you know, I just know how it works. So I'm imagining myself arguing to be winning instead of losing. And it just seems nuts. So, I didn't really think about the fact that they don't they don't know everything that we know. And there is probably a spectrum, right? Because there are some guests that know better, right? There are some guests that know that, that they've been in this situation before or they understand that, you know, the board will make an error, or, you know, the sensor in the shoe rather would make an error and then thus resulting in a error on the board, right? And they know and they will argue for their money because, yeah. you know, it's taking a passive shot, you know, they will do that. Um, but then, you know, like we, like I just described, there are guests that just don't know. And then, and then when they see the more, let's just say this too, when they see the more experienced player arguing, even though he's not arguing in good faith, yeah, that leads to them believing that there's a, a solid case too more, right? So some of these people just don't know any better. You know, they just, that was kind of the deal the other day. There was, 
some really, really experienced players, some really high-tier guests in our casino that were on this game, that were, that were that were a part of this like militia to argue that it they should just get all of their bets back. And I kind of, I was kind of let down because I'm like, man, I I see you guys all the time. Like I know you guys pretty personally at this point. And it's like you're just gonna you're just gonna take this shot. You're just gonna argue like this. Whenever you know, like they know the deal, man. They they you know they've seen more hands of baccarat than I've seen by by a factor of ten probably. You're just here all the time betting all the time. They know the shoes malfunction. They know there are you know errors. It's just it, it just you know. I don't know. I felt a little sad inside. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, no, I, I, I'm with you. Um, if you're if when it's people that when it's guests that you've been around a lot and you kind of develop a rapport, and yeah, it's it you can kind of take it personally when they decide to take that shot, you know. But um, it, obviously, you know, you remember too. It's just well, that's just kind of the nature of gambling. Sometimes, you know, is yeah. people get riled up and maybe they were losing that day or maybe they had a bad day or whatever other reason may have called them to quote unquote kind of go against your trust of them or something like that but i've been there where you're kind of like you yeah, you're exactly. taking the shot on me like wow like that's interesting i didn't think you, that would be uh it's kind of unbecoming of your integrity as a guest and as you know whatever relationship we have here and yeah it's it's interesting when that happens it kind of feels like a you know a little backstabbed or something yeah a little backstab a2 brute you know just stab me in the back no but they were <laughs> they were uh yeah they kind of uh question my integrity too one of the guests was like every time there's an error you guys screw us if we were supposed to win and the machine breaks you say no it's a loss and if we were supposed to lose and the machine breaks we just lose anyway we just lose every time there's it's not fair and i'm and i'm just standing there like trying to think like i don't want to argue with them yeah you have that you're in that spot right there where you're like do I continue going down this road, right. right? Because it's like it's a little bit illogical to go down that road, but at the same time, you might gain equity by going down that road if if you do it in the right way, right? Like, look, we know sometimes the machine errors, but we, you know, like you don't, you, you shouldn't have to explain to him like that we don't care which way the error went. We're just administrating the game, and whatever way the error goes, whether it's for the house or we, we don't care. You right? Know, it it's such a weird, it's such a weird spot, man. Because they're sitting here telling me that I effectively i cheat them every time i get a chance to that's what they're saying you know um and from my own truth my own point of view is pure objectivity i'm like i'm just going to look at what was actually supposed to happen and just rule it however the hand was supposed to be dealt i don't care if you win i don't care if you lose i have no literally no interest no vested interest in the result of this hand other than i want the objective truth of the hand to have been held up Right, the integrity. Right, of the, the integrity. Hand. Yeah, maintain the integrity of the hand. That's your only interest here. You have no zero other interests, rooting interests, uh, anything. It's just. And it may not be. That may just be me. I don't know how old school Vegas or how other people operate, but I feel like it, it's beyond me to even consider like objectively knowing that they should have won and then making them lose. Like that's that's beyond anything that I can even. There was no chance that I would do that, even with my worst enemy. Like, I'm not just going to steal their money. I'm not just going to rule in the, against them just for the hell of it. So Right. I mean, that's like it, everything's on record, right? I mean, if you make that decision to do that and somebody finds out, like, Phil, like, you just, you know, 
you knew those cards were out the wrong way, but you still just said the hand had, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. going on your record. That's going on your, like, that's a lot at stake, right? To just like make a spite call against somebody. Like that's like hard to imagine somebody doing that. I mean, there's a lot of emotional team members and, and uh, people that I've worked with who I wouldn't put it past them to do something like that. But like right. from somebody who's trying to be the best of the best and who's trying to put their best foot forward and truly cares about the integrity of the game, it's like, it's almost impossible to imagine ever doing that, right? Like, no, yeah, there's just no, there's no chance. Um, there's even instances in the industry where people get written up, uh, disciplined, fired for making errors that help the casino. Like, right? I've yep. been in, I've been in, uh, I've been in plenty of situations where a dealer will color up a guest wrong but it helped the house like the guest handed in 4000 in black chips the house only gave the dealer only gave them 2000 and then it's discovered later like the guest doesn't even notice the guest just leaves but it's discovered later that there there was an error in the color up there's been issue there's been discipline issued to that dealer for incorrectly you know for for uh for incorrectly coloring that guest up like you're ruining the integrity of the casino. If somebody can, they're trusting us with these transactions. They're trusting us to, you know, properly do the math. We we can't just give someone two thousand dollars instead of four thousand dollars and they leave and we short. That's like a gaming license issue. That's a gaming commission issue. You know, you cannot you cannot be stealing money. And to add on to that, I mean, I've been in situations where that that similar. Let's just say a color up uh, to make it easy. You know, like. 4000 2000 I mean, that'll go on that player's file. We owe them $2,000, and the next time they come to the property, we're hunting them down and giving them $2,000 in yep. checks. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, people just don't see that side of it, though, you know, because it's like, you when you're doing that, you're just hunting them down at a slot machine or maybe at a table, a dead table, and there's just them and one other person or whatever, and you're like, go up to the dealer and be like, hey, cut out 2000 and give it to seat one. <laughs> And like the dealer kind of looks at you like, uh, you're like, just do it. We owe him 2000 from the last time he was here, you know, just to assure right. the dealer that he's not doing something, you know, um, and it's just like, and then they're just like, like they have no idea. They're like, yeah, like oh, cool. 2000 free money. Like it's free money to them, but it's what they own. It's just, that's the good faith and the integrity of the, every transaction that's made that we are adhered to and are bound to, you know, doing no, our yeah. duty and but people don't see that, you know, and people remember the bad. That's another part of it, right? You remember the bad. You don't always remember the good. Yeah. And then on top of that, just the whole nature of this business in general is errors made in the house's favor are self-policed by players most of the time. Sure. If the dealer makes an error, you know, in the house's favor, I don't know the percentage, but I would guess a good 80% of the time it's caught by the players. Yeah. Maybe. Would you say like somewhere in there? Yeah. yeah. I feel like. I feel like eighty is probably good. Maybe a little, maybe a little less often. Even it's yeah, it's, maybe a little high, but easily fifty percent. Easily oh, fifty, yeah. sixty, seventy percent. You know, I'd say easily fifty to sixty percent of the time. Um, oh no, 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 that's wrong. And then the, the dealer has to double check and then think like, am I? Are they taking a shot on me? And then they gotta like you know kind of look at what they're doing and be like, oh, okay, and then they they correct it or whatever. Um, but on the on the flip side, a guest pointing out a mistake made in the guest or player's direction, I would say less than 10% of the time that's pointed out. And again, this is just totally 
spitballing yeah for sure uh, subjective numbers from my my experience um no but yeah. it's it's a very small it's much smaller than 60 percent it's probably 20 percent would be the most generous number i could give it uh, but it's probably more like 10 percent of the time you know as a as an employee of casinos when i gamble this is going to sound preposterous maybe 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 it won't to some people but whenever i play and they make an error in my favor i don't I don't accept it. I'm just like, I just let, like, say they pay me and I have a, they have a 19 and they have a six card 20. They miscounted their hand and they pay me. I just like sit there. I'm like, I'm like, I have a losing hand, man, <laughs> you know, to the dealer. I'm like, I don't win. And they just say, oh, oh, sorry. And then, you know, they take it. For some reason, I just won't. I don't want someone to get fired over. Like, I, whenever I play blackjack, I understand I'm going to lose in the long run. So, I just take that baked in. I'm like, I'm just going to let the cards fall how they fall. If I win, if I, if I win great, if I lose great, whatever, it's just, just all BS. I don't want someone to lose their job over me, you know, essentially stealing money. The house won the hand. I don't want to get paid. I'm just like, all right, like just take that dude. I yeah, lose. I can, I can, I can back you up on that. You are definitely, um, very solid and true to what you say with that. And to anyone out there, I mean, if you have a gaming license if you're a dealer floor pit whatever and you're gambling in another place i mean you are risking your gaming license if you accept you know uh, if, if you knowingly accept a error in your favor um you know you are risking your gaming license you are risking you know that because you know comment you know knowing who you are and you know i didn't even know that oh for sure yeah I, I i know of one instance i mean I, i've heard it anecdotally like that just you were risking your gaming license but i do know of one instance where a, a person was let go um over taking shots at another at a neighboring casino that the word got back and they were terminated for that wow. so oh wait hold on taking shots that that's a little different than what i was talking about well uh, yeah and i and i can't well okay um uh, well is it though i mean if you well i feel like it, it is well, okay, it might be a little different, but it's, um, well, it depends because you can, it's, it's hard to, sometimes in some situations, it's hard to prove knowingly, right, that you know if you're accepting a payment. Like, sometimes you just don't know, right? Um, right. If there's some sort of a, some sort of a detail, whether it's eye contact or something else, I mean, that's pretty close to a shot, right? If you're taking a shot. Well, a um, shot, what is, is shot? A shot is like... Sure, we got a defined shot here. That's a good, good in point. My, in my mind, a shot is like when a guest no this might just be outwardly cheating i'm thinking of like pass posting as a shot right like like you're playing push the dealer side bet but you didn't bet it but whenever the dealer turns over a hand that pushes with yours you slip out a chip onto the push your push your bet side bet when they're paying the other speed the other seat and they look over and they see you have a bet there and then they pay you 10 to 1 on your push side bet that you never made that's what I consider as a shot. Like you're, you're actively trying to cheat. Whereas in my See, example, maybe, maybe, I meant they just paid you. Like they just paid you in error in the flow of the game. And you like, it's very likely that you might not notice if you're an, a noob player. You're just like, oh, whatever. I just won. I'm just gambling. They just paid me. I must have won. I don't feel like those two are the same thing. Yeah, I think I think the 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 definition of shot is pretty wide. I think so. Like to me, like a pass posting is like. I mean, just the clearest form of cheating, right? If you're just sliding yeah. a, you know, that's like, you can't even, there's no, there's some gray area though below that, right? Where like, you know, 
you distract the dealer when they're paying and taking, maybe without intention and then, or maybe with intention, and then they mispay you down to then you know something lower than that is you're noticing a mispay and then you have the choice to not say anything or not um no you know what we already gave a great example of a shot the gray area shot which is what these players did in the baccarat situation it's like there was yeah, some that's what ambiguous error and and like it's hard to even like they have plausible deniability they you know they feel like they can argue for for not having to lose the hand that's 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 a good example of a gray area shot i think yeah, that's what I when I use that word, that's more what I'm referring to. Like I don't I guess pass posting could fall into the umbrella of taking a shot, but I, I mean I would just say pass posting, right? A shot is usually when there's some sort of a, a gray area or like you said, ambiguous area, and then, then they, they try to push it to their favor. That's more what I consider a shot to where it's like, you know, not clearly going one way or the other. I mean, we may think it's clear, but right. um, you know, pass post is just you know, you're just outright cheating and committing yeah. a felony. You yeah, know? that's no good. Um, Pass posting is no good. Right. So, but yeah, um, yeah. There's the the word shot. It's a, there's a large umbrella for that. There's lots of different things. You know, and it's and sometimes people might not like again think they're taking a shot. They might think they're their understanding of the integrity of the game. That's how they under, They might understand it a certain way that's technically incorrect. So going back to what you said, you are you trying to say that for a gray area ambiguous shot take they can lose their license well for sure with a shot if they're like arguing something that's like kind of in bad faith right if you're arguing something in bad faith that you're certainly risking your gaming license uh, that's shocking to me wow well yeah if you're if you are you know if they can see you really eyeing up the dealer making a mispay a significant mispay and not saying anything I think that's I mean that's a like would you want to trust somebody on a big game that gambles and takes shots and doesn't you know what I mean like I feel like uh we're all in the same business here and we're all you know you can't I, I wouldn't trust a dealer or a floor who I know makes those types of errors right or, or types of um, errors not the word but um judgment conducts themselves in that manner at another gaming establishment it, I mean I, I I don't want you I mean personally yeah that's a good point I'm just I just never thought of it. I never thought of that that consequence before. And whenever I was, you know, seeing these things, I never thought of the gaming license angle. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's not a common thing, but it you know, word gets around, right? Especially if there's multiple houses in a small area, you know, word gets around who's who's gambling a lot off the you know at another place off the clock, or um, you know, maybe who got drunk and made a spectacle like uh, that. Word all travels, you know, and um. You know, you want people of integrity working for you in any business. It's interesting when you think about, like, table games, integrity, you know, team members, and guests. And then you relate it to poker, right? Because, I mean, like, poker, the whole idea of the game, it's like it's another casino game. The whole idea of the game is to essentially take shots at somebody, you know... <laughs> have there be gray area, right? And present a new story uh, one way or the other. I'm bluffing or I'm betting for value. Isn't that, it's crazy to think about, right? Because like, in a way, in that Baccarat scenario, it's almost like a poker game in a way, right? It's like a mental poker game, though. There isn't an exact pot or like a board or anything, but like, you're kind of like... You're seeing if you can get the person to believe the story more than... Right. You know, the story you're telling more than reality. 
Well, speaking of poker stories, do we have any news? Is it time for the news? Yeah. Some funny headlines. I don't know if any of this is like uh, casino or podcast worthy, but Singapore's gambling linked money laundering breaks the two billion mark. <laughs> Whoa. Two Good job, billion? Singapore. <laughs> Singapore going hard. Jeez. Oh, here we go. Marina Bay Sands cheating syndicate had secret formula to beat Baccarat. Oh, God. More Baccarat Let's... cheats? How? A Malaysian man pleaded guilty in Singapore courtroom Tuesday to being a marksman in a cheating syndicate that built the Marina Bay Sands out of uh, 433,000, which is 315 U.S. equivalent thousand. Uh, they used hidden mobile devices to relay card values to accomplices and appear to have developed a secret system to beat Baccarat. Okay, well, let's see here. So the old, you know, you got the camera table side that can, um, you can mark the edges of the cards, the actual sides with invisible ink that the camera sure. can pick up, or uh, what else could it do? I mean, I guess it could maybe technically pick up on cards that flash and then report the value to a buzzer system of some sort or something right. like that so we're trying to um, let's see let's read on Ty uh, we don't need to mention his name was part of a team that hit the Sands Casino floor in December 2022 using mobile phones to transmit images of the value of the playing card to accomplishments okay so probably would be weak dealing right is that what we're thinking here mm, I don't see how they're flashing Baccarat cards those come flat out of a shoe Right. Uh, well, I mean, some shoes get a little bit stuck, or the cards are bent, okay. you know, and they're coming out, like, you know, bent out of the, not from, you know, squeezing the cards, but, you know, from, obviously, from, um, yeah, I worked in an area that, um, would get cards that I'm pretty sure sat in a cold storage area, that then when they come out would constantly be slightly... Uh, Benton would be have a rough time coming out of his shoe, and I actually oh, wow. physically dealt those cards too. You did too, Phil. <laughs> was, oh, and okay. uh, um, I don't know, maybe you don't remember that, or maybe maybe it wasn't uh, an issue as much for your shift. But um, yeah, so I do have experience with that. Um, possibly that they the cheats saw that and had the capabilities on their phone to if it, if a card is just flashed the slightest bit that maybe would not be detectable by human eye. Right, that a camera might be able to pick up. I'm just totally spitting yeah, here. I, I think I like the idea of what you said about invisible ink on the sides of the cards. Maybe they're just marking them in some luminescent invisible ink that a camera can see super clearly. They just know where all the nines are at. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you mark the sixes through the nines, and um, every time then that ink is detected on the first card out, you bet player. Right. Uh, first card out, six through nine. I mean, that's the classic Baccarat cheating method. Um, the most tried and true that's going to get, you know, the easiest to do and that's going to get you the most, the highest edge for a simpler, you know, for a simple system. So they beat them out of 300,000 US dollars? Yeah, that's what it says here. So we, um, let's re read on a little bit. Uh, the player was arrested on December 24th, 2022. Oh my gosh, Christmas Eve. <laughs> After... <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess no better time to cheat, right? Everybody thinks the families are coming out and the noobs are coming out, and then uh -huh. you know what I mean. And maybe it's a good camouflage by the cheater. After security card, after security cameras picked up the gang's suspicious behavior on their previous visit, or the previous day, uh, catching wind of his arrest, his associates fled to Malaysia, where they were later detained and returned to Singapore. Wow, extradition! Wow, listen, listen to this. 
in their haste to escape, they left behind 790,000 in casino chips in their hotel rooms at the Sands. Wow. Geez, so they must have really ran it up there. 700,000. They just dipped. They didn't even try to cash it out. They just buy. Wow. So let's, uh, last part of it here. Um, they told authorities that he met the two who are a couple at a casino in the Philippines in August 22. He later told them that they had a system that could help them win a Baccarat. All they knew was that the system had developed by someone named Kelvin with a K. <laughs> the lawyers argued there is no evidence the system involved fraud or cheating. As such, it was impossible to determine whether the effect of the formula would have been changed. The odds of the game beyond that envisioned by the casino. Well, that's interesting, right? So let's just let's just for devil, play devil's advocate here is let's just say the phones were on the table and you know um they did run hot you know what i mean maybe they maybe they coincidentally were betting player when the first card out was a six or a nine sure right and they had a good very you know they had a good run like that and the house just kind of determines uh we have enough here yeah they're cheating but they're not you know maybe they just ran hot you know well were the cards marked it doesn't say the article doesn't say so it doesn't it just oh, i thought you mentioned card marking on with invisible ink well that was I'm, i i apologize that was more just adding me adding in oh. what it could be speculating i was speculating on that it did not it did, it's not saying well see that's the thing is like when people this is just some random article like i don't know if this person is actually you know into gaming like that who, who we can actually break it down or maybe he is into gaming and just doesn't want to break it break the cheating down that much sure. for a easy to access article who knows okay you know? so if someone is just um, i mean i don't know i i don't know what you're asking if someone's not if someone if we have no proof that they're cheating when i kick them out no no more the thing is is like in any given cheating scandal right like there's the potential maybe for the casino to have think they detected cheating yeah and that they're wrong right like so you know if there's just enough circumstantial evidence to where they pull the pull the move to report it to the authorities as cheating right because there's no way like let's just say you catch somebody red-handed and you, you got to report to the cops right and say we know for sure he's cheating yeah. right they're gonna make an arrest but like what if you're only like 80 percent sure he's cheating like at what point maybe are you you know what i mean like Oof. pulling the trigger you know like because i'm sure it's happened where there's been circumstantial evidence and that a house has reported somebody the authorities is cheating and they've been arrested but they just ran hot and it was just a coincidence right i feel like to report for cheating you got to be pretty pretty sure like over over 80 percent over 90 percent like you actually probably have to just straight up have evidence i mean like marked cards or video footage of a of a dealer showing them the card before it comes out in blackjack or whatever the case may be so well, you know, if you want to really jump into this, it's interesting. Like, so let's just say, um, you know, these are pretty big numbers, right? When we're talking about 300K win or, you know, 800K in casino checks, right? Like, when we get up to those numbers in cheating and it's not found, you know, people, you know, high-ranking team members go down and get fired, right? So there, there's a possibility where if you're a, a shift or, you know, the MOD that night and you want to save your job and you see about 80, you're at 70 to 80% where you're not sure, like, do you, maybe they pull the trigger there. They're just like, I don't want to lose my job and this is pretty, pretty damn, you know what I mean? Because if you let it go too far and you don't get the authorities involved, they're gone, right? Like you have right. a, a window of time. It's it's pretty, uh, 
Well, pretty high stakes, right? It's pretty uh, interesting to think about this spot like this. Yeah, I think the first. You're not just calling the police, though. It's you're calling your, you're calling your bosses. You know, you're calling directors. You're calling GMs. You're calling, you know, executives of your casino before you're just calling the police to burst in and, and arrest somebody off the casino floor. I, I mean, I'm not calling the police. Yeah, somebody's somebody's ultimately got to be the one to, you know, make the. Well, I guess let's put it this way then. Like you're going, you know, to to someone on the board or someone higher up, the director, right? Like, yeah. and you're 80% sure, right? I mean, I guess you would you would go that far, and then they would have to make the call. Yeah. Still possible, I think, for you know, at some point, everybody's responsible to somebody, right? Somebody has to at some point make the call at. 80%, you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. so are we in, in this hypothetical, am I the director? Where am I at? What's my position? Sure, yeah, say say you're the... Yeah. So I'm the one who makes the call? It's just probably going to, at some point, this is going to get to the direct, you know, and he's going to, it's probably not going to go above him, he's going to have to make the call, right? Okay, yeah, if I'm the director, I'm, I'm, I'm needing to see actual evidence that they cheated before I get the police involved. Before, before that, I would probably look at just banning people. Like, like, I'm just going to issue bans and I'm going to gather evidence and then I'm going to, once I determine that they're actually cheating, once I become convinced, like with, with proof, like if I was a juror and I would just believe that they cheated, then I would probably pursue, you know, legal. It's interesting though, like, um, not to belabor this point, but you get up to a certain dollar amount and a certain certainty where you might overreach right if you're like like i said like the nine like they're always betting player with the nines the phones are on the table and they're they're now they're looking at the phones in their lap yeah. um i'm just trying to create a situation just theoretically sure. this is not based off any you know real situation um you know so i don't know let's just say 19 out of 20 hands they bet player and not only did they win, but the first, or, you know, let's just say the first card out was the six through nine. You know what I mean? Like a high number like that. Yeah. But we still don't have like stone, like when their phone is in their lap, we don't, we can't see what they're reviewing, right? So it's kind of like brings up like shades of Mike Possel, you know? Right. Like we saw the phone in the lap and we, you know, everything's there, right? I mean, like that's probably like the highest you could get in the Mike Possel situation, right? The highest you could get. Um, without being certain, I mean, you've got to be what ninety nine percent sure that guy was cheating, right? But it's not a hundred. You know, it's funny. You know, it's um, yeah, funny to think about these spots. You know, this Bakra example you just gave, I, I would I would put nowhere near no en- enough evidence to call police. So I, I'm still trying to think of like a reason. Sure, sure. Like it'd have to be like I said. Like I reviewed the camera and I. There's video evidence of a dealer showing a card to somebody. Visual evidence of them stealing money out of the tray. Visual evidence of him marking it, sure. Him marking, sure. yeah, like him mark, like we catch him, like with a pen, like some sort of pen. And he gets the card and he like, it has to be so clear to me that there was gross nefarious action taking place for me to call the police. I mean, I can't even. So when we're in that seventy percent range, we're just we're just thinking about banning. Yeah, just gonna. We gotta we gotta yeah. be over eighty-five to ninety percent, you know, if not a hundred, before we get the police involved. That sounds about right. Oh, yeah, I gotta be way high. I might just be wrong. I mean, I'm not. I'm obviously not a director of table games or casino in any capacity. So, or or a director in any capacity. So I'm not, you know, 
I'm not even, I don't know how to say, it. I'm not even tasked with making these decisions. I'm not, I'm not even equipped to make these decisions. Like, I don't know. I don't know when we should call the police on somebody. I mean, that's something I haven't learned yet, but I haven't even considered it yet. I think that's just kind of what we're doing is just kind of evaluating the theoretical framework for anything as we see it, right? Like, if tomorrow, you know, you were promoted or I was promoted or whatever, you know, and we're in that spot, you know, at some point, everybody in any position is tasked with something they may not, a major situation that they may not have faced and they may not have somebody to consult, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. you got to make the call, you know what I mean? And you got to make the the right call or the, or the best call with the information that you have. It may not be the right call. Um, that's just interesting to think about, you know, how uh, different positions within a casino are tasked with yeah, different duties making decisions with what you know information they have whether it's a you know a floor making a call on you know a blackjack game with a misdrawn card or it's a <laughs> i love it's that. a director you know <laughs> like at every point right like you have to there's some gray area right at any given point where like you're only you're only at 70 percent, but you got to make a call you got to try to make the right call and maybe use a little intuition or maybe you don't and i mean i think even as a director or a board member you know like there's just there's just going to be spots that aren't uh aren't you know 100 percent or 99 percent like mike possel you know i love the um the different leverage that you just explained there like a floor making a, a floor is nervous about making a call on a single hand right and a pit is nervous about making a call on a card counter over the course of a shoe and a director is nervous about making a lifetime you know arrest situation like a large scale it just keeps exponentially increasing the 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 importance of the decision making you know as you go up it's pretty wild yeah and that's kind of uh, yeah and, and initially that's kind of what i'd stumbled onto when we talked about this i guess i we were now eloquating it a little better you know and that's just like it's funny and no matter what position you're in it's like you know it's it's all relative to your title and you know relative to your situation right like I mean, if you're, you know, if you are a director and you call the police on an innocent man, potentially, like you're probably <laughs> not kidding, not going to be a director any longer, you know? So, um, you know, there's always a, some sort of decision points in your job and it's like, it's an interesting part of life, you know, when you make decisions with limited information and you kind of got to, you might roll with, you know, some people are more inclined to roll with the uh, objective information right in front of them and then some people combine that with the intuition i've always been a objective slash intuition combiner myself sprinkle a little intuition on yeah sprinkle a little a little intuition in with it and uh it's gotten me by to this point i guess i don't know what, yeah. what do you what do you, what balance do you think you are phil between intuition and uh objective are you more trying to generally uh stick to the objective stuff in front of you or are you sprinkling a little intuition and with it uh i think intuition guides me initially and then objective fact objective fact makes the the final call like if, you know i'll just like see something that i feel does doesn't seem right like my intuitions leave me like all right this is a little this is a little odd whatever's happening here let me investigate and then i let the investigation of the facts determine how i act how i make my decision yeah, I think that's a good point when you're kind of walking around in a pit and all of a sudden you just see something and you don't know exactly whether it's like facial expressions of a dealer or players, yeah. uh, body language, they're, they're facing the other way. Like oftentimes when like 
there's a pay and take going on, right? And all the players are kind of facing away from the game. You're like, okay, that's not a coincidence. We got to go check this out. And then you just see the, you know, dealer's got, you know, 21 and he's paying everybody out or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's like, uh, it's funny to have to, to you, use yeah, that like, intuition to lead you to the goods, the, the goods, you know? You, and, you kind of reminded me of one. It's almost exactly similar, but if a guest has been celebrating on their wins all night and then they're really quiet when they're getting paid on, on a hand. a good one. Yep. It's just like, it's like, okay, well, why is this, you know, this guy celebrated every time he's he's made a push 21 or he's celebrated every time he's made a push hand for 10 to 1. This time I hear the, I hear the dealer calling out $500 on a push and he's not celebrating at all. <laughs> it's like, okay, hold on. Let me look and see if this is actually a push. Like this is a little suspicious. You know, my intuition's leading me to believe that there may be something wrong here sure enough you look and he's got an 18 and they've got 19 it's not a push but he's getting paid he's just so afraid he's just frozen like a mouse he's like yeah do i move do i celebrate it's funny because um i can think of so many situations like this for different similar situations and like almost inevitably like when a player is like kind of turned at an angle off the game and they're looking down right and then they see you and they look up at you and then they immediately look back down <laughs> It's almost like, I don't want to say it's like guaranteed that something is happening, but it's like, it's a really high certainty that like something just happened or something is happening and you need to go over there and look. That's hilarious. It's like, uh, you know, just people's just, uh, you know, and that's, you know, like we said, that's part of the game, how it self-polices itself, right? Like that's on us to police that side, you know? Yeah. And uh, they'll police lots of the errors, as will we, of, uh, you know, house error, you know, errors going towards, uh, or going back towards the house yeah my favorite ones are whenever i get to enforce a, a my, my favorite ones are whenever i can correct a dealer but it goes in the player's favor because then i get to like i get like the satisfaction of being able to look like look at the player and be like see like i'm looking out for your best interest too you know it's like I'm you puff here. your chest out a little more you, you take a little yeah. more time on those right like you don't just like hey go cut out 100 and give it to him and then like walk away you're like Right. All right, um, can you take out a hundred? All right, cut out a hundred. <laughs> four green. One hundred, four <laughs> green, preferably. It really wide. Just spread it, prove it. Now send that a hundred <laughs> to C5. Like, you gotta, like, you know, you gotta milk it, right? So people, because yeah. <laughs> people, like we said earlier, people are always complaining about, you know, mistakes not going in there, but like, you know, you gotta let them know. All right, guys, remember this. Like, we, we they go both ways. They do go both ways. All right, so what do we got next? All right, let's see here. Kim Kardashian and Tom Brady, possible love interest? Next. No. On TMZ. Brown. T Tom Brady would never. It's funny because life. that's exactly what the article like implies. It's like they were seen bidding against a, you know, bidding against each other at a casino night. And Kim was noticed mentioning that Tom is hot. And Tom barely even talked to her. <laughs> <That's weird. laughs> barely just said hello. Good job, Tom. <laughs> don't don't go into that rabbit hole. That's a hole you might never find your way out of. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. God, she's had so much work done. She's going to look so bad in 10 years. Oh, like, it's going to be brutal. She's going to just be like, ugh. He's had a lot of, he's, I mean, he's bacon 46, bacon 45, AKA bacon 46. So, he, but his, his work was good. I mean, they, they took the meat straps out of his cheeks and accentuated that jawbone. Nice. You know, <laughs> took out the meat straps. 
<laughs> I mean, it is like it's crazy. Should we do a procedure of the week? I feel like we are uh, we're we're pretty deep. We're an hour in. Should we? Um, sure. Yeah, we got a procedure of the week. Let's talk about dice and the importance of getting the call right. At any given dice table, there's three dealers, a boxman, and a floorman. So there's five eyes on the game. Obviously, the floorman's eyes are not always on the game. Um, and then we have two sides of each table. Who's Phil, who is all looking at the dice? When the dice is being rolled, let's just say to um, you know, the boxman's right, who's all looking um, at the dice and the outcome of each roll? Who's responsible? Well, the stick man is responsible for keeping their eyes on the dice at all times. And then the base dealer on which side the dice land is going to also verify the roll. Um, what about the box person? Yeah, I, whenever I'm sitting box, I'm looking at the stick or the shooter and making sure that their hand is empty when they get done releasing the dice, and then making sure the dice aren't sliding across the felt. They need to be flying through the air, tumbling, and then when they land, you know, I confirm the confirm the result as well as the the base dealer. Yeah, so basically three sets of eyes on um, every roll. Um, sometimes when I play or when I'm working, I see a lot of, I see the other base dealer kind of standing on their tippy toes, <laughs> trying to find out what the, the call is. Why do they do that? Is that the right thing to do? On or? the shooting, the shooter side? Yeah, on the shooter side. Uh, that, yeah. Is that right or wrong? Oh, that's wrong, man. But they're curious, you know, they're like any human who's curious. They're like, I want to know the result just when everyone else knows, you know, they're excited. They're watching the game. They're having fun. Um. But the procedure is that they need to be looking at their layout on their side, not at the dice landing on the other side of the table. We need to be making sure that players aren't placing bets instantly whenever they see the dice land. And the only way we can be sure that they're not doing that is if someone's looking at the layout, which is the responsibility of the base dealer on the shooting side of the table. Yeah, it's funny. I never had a problem with that as a dealer, um, hawking the dice from the opposite side. I see some dealers have a little issue with that. They, like you said, they're curious. They want to know. Um, I always like to just, when I was on the base on the shooter side, I'm just looking at my layout, looking for likely outcomes. What's Who am I paying if an 8 hits or a 6 hits or a 5 or 9 yep. or whatever? And I'm just kind of getting my plan of attack going, you know? Oh, yeah. Just so that I'm not just like, you know... I'm staring at the layout, and then I gotta come back to it. It's almost like a pattern interrupted. My brain didn't work very well for me, um, so I just rely on the rest of the crew. Um, Plus, I like I like building the excitement, and I like trying to figure out what hit by the reactions of everybody before the stick person says the number. You know? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that I hadn't thought about that in a while. But yeah, you kind of when you don't hear anything for a second, it's like oh, it's probably a seven, right? Uh huh. Um, obviously, if you hear the instant. You know, celebrations probably the point, right? Unless someone's big in the in the center action, and they, you know, then it's like a twelve or sure. something. You know, you know, twelve popped. Everyone's cheering sure. real loud. Um, yeah, and then just to add, maybe add a little something onto that. You know, you got three sets of eyes in the dice, but then the um, the box person then for the pay and take of that after you know each subsequent roll is to look back to the shooter side and watch that side, right? And the uh, the stick person watches the side the dice lands on that that base. They watch their payouts and assist, because then since we have you know four sets of eyes, then we're you know we're even. We got two sets of eyes on each side for uh, the ensuing pay and takes. And um, truth be told, right? Sometimes you got a new stick person, and their side is the side of the action. You might say 
as a box person, watch the other side, and right. I'm going to watch this side, you know, just to make sure, um, you know, proper payouts and whatnot, and you're not going to trust the newer dealer necessarily in that spot. Yeah, put the more experienced person on the more, put the eyes of the more experienced person on the side with the biggest bets, most yep. intense action. And sometimes I remember that hurt, you know, when you're maybe a newer dice dealer, but you're getting good, right? And they're like, watch that side. You're like, but, 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 but I know the, the stuff. <laughs> I want to watch that side. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's brutal. I had, uh, uh, right whenever I started dealing, I had actually gotten straight up removed off one side of the table. Like, uh, the action was too big, and they had one of the OG crap dealers tap me out and switch sides with me. I had to go to the other side where I'm just standing there moving the puck around and dealing to like a $12 six. Well, the other guys got, you know, the 600, the 600 across with the press moves and the six players on his side. Felt, felt sad, sad boy. Yeah, it's always sad too, right? Like when, uh, you know, if you're on a dead game and right, and then all of a sudden the big player walks up, and they kind of walk, they kind of walk, they they throw down their big chips for color, you know, to get change, and then they look up at you real quick, <laughs> and then they grab the checks and then they no. go back to the other side. Pick them back up off the layout. Brutal. Yeah, they're like, okay, I'm going to go over here. And you're just like, yep, that's all right. I get it. I get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not good. <laughs> I suck. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's a, everyone's new at some point, you know. Don't let it intent, Don't let it intimidate you. Just get in there, learn, grow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was always big on, uh, you know, helping with the mindset of a new dealer, right? And like, you know, because it's like, you see, you don't see a lot of that. You don't see a lot of patience with uh, new dealers and dice. It's a... Uh, it's, uh, commodity that's very greatly in demand but there's not a huge supply of it and uh i always like to you know help and boost the morale of somebody who maybe just got rejected like that or you know like hey you'll be good one day if you keep your mind to it you know and you'll be Crabs the one who takes they, a lot they, of practice off the off the felt when you're at home like that's one of the games where me and my roommate we would just do press moves like on our coffee table we were early 20s then so you know yeah, didn't have no, much going on. Didn't have much family life, but we, you know, we would sit on the coffee table with. We each had a set of chips. We'd run through pressing the six and eight, you know, from six dollars up to, you know, one hundred and twenty each different press move. See how fast we can do it, how efficient we could get. And if you're not doing that, you are gonna lag behind your peers because you're not just gonna get live action craps and just learn on the fly. Like you gotta, you gotta be thinking about this stuff outside the game, or else you're not gonna, you know, keep up. It takes so much time off the felt for the math and the and the hands and all that. It's just like if you really want to get good, um, you know, you gotta you gotta put in the time and it's a lot of hours to get good. I mean, it's like it's not a quick thing by any means, and especially like we said, when you're not getting the action live, right? Because they're going to the other side or whatever, you know, because you're new. And then it's like right. now it's almost like you know, the strong get stronger and the weak get weaker, you know, unless you're doing the the work yeah. at home or. Or uh, showing up to work, you know, an hour early and doing some stuff, meeting with a group, playing it, you know, an hour before the shift starts, whatever, you know. Yeah, it, it's. Hey, man, I kind of want to deal craps again now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Me too. I want to get in there. <laughs> I used to not only would I practice the press moves, but I remember I would go to when I was at the gym and I would run on the treadmill. I would have my 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 mantra while I was running to keep me distracted from the burning pain in my lungs in my sides I would just do the horn on the high side payouts while I would run from four all the way up to a hundred every proper bet right so I'd be like four pays 27 eight pays 54 12 pays 81 
You know what I'm saying? Like just do every, sure. I knew every increment all the way from four to a hundred so that anytime I was on a craps game and any horn hits just instantaneous payout, right? You just know it. You don't have to do the math on the table, like wasting all this time. Yeah, for sure. Center action is pro- probably one of the areas most people need to focus on more, right? Because there's so many different keys, so many different shortcuts, so many different payouts, and there's nothing worse than like you got a good, a good game, good action, and a, and everybody's staring at each other on a, you know, when the eleven hits, you know, or the twelve hits, right? And everybody's, you know, you gotta you gotta know those, and uh, that was a, that was a big part for me. I was I was more focused on the math of the game and really getting the math down in my practice time off the felt. Um, because there's just so much, you know, and, uh, in the end, that's the most important to getting those payouts right and keeping the game moving. There was something so prideful and cool about being a good crap stealer. It's like one of those, well, it's, it's the first game that I learned that I was a part of a crew. Blackjack, you're just dealing by yourself. Roulette, you're dealing by yourself. Bach, single Bach, you're just dealing by yourself. But craps, you get you and you get two other dealers and you get a box person. And you guys are a crew and you work all night together. So you don't want to be the weak link. You know, you want to be good. You want to be the one that's helping out. You want to be, if one of your teammates is struggling, you want to be the guy who can step in and be like, hey, it pays this. And maybe off the game, you show them a little trick to get to them, you know, the answer easier. I used to love that stuff. Yeah, when I used to mentor new dealers or help out with training classes and whatnot, I used to tell people, you know, forget like even though you work in a casino right like this is a new job like this is not blackjack or baccarat like this is an entirely new job you are literally think of it as you are stepping foot in a brand new job because just because you know how to cut out checks and you know how to you know pay a 30 dollar black like it has nothing to do with this game like this is just a whole new thing like have the mindset of like you're just you know create you know you're starting a new job um you have no experience you know what i mean like any part of you that was good at dealing any other game it just won't apply here besides like the hands maybe right but, um you know and like have that sort of a mindset to just understand what a big undertaking it is and what a commitment it is um and uh that's kind of how you try to get new dealers ready for the for learning the game no i love it that sounds good uh that probably wraps it for procedure of the week in our little craps discussion um what else do we got today Hey guys, this is future Phil in the editing room. Our next segment actually ran a little bit long, and I know we're getting a little long, close to an hour on this episode already, so we're going to call it here. I'd like to remind everybody to check out the Discord. That's where we'll take submissions or suggestions for topics and content for the next episode. We can hear your stories and uh, get to know each other in there. If you don't know how Discord works or you just want to do the old-fashioned way, we also... We'll take email at podcast at 21tango.com. Again, thank you guys for listening and uh, signing out for MJ. This is Phil. Until next time.